Hi, welcome to the Two Lads podcast from Daniel Sharman and Leggy Langdon's Two Lads. The Two Lads podcast is a place to come and listen to topics that you may not have heard men talk about so candidly and intimately before. It's no bullshit, it's straight to the point, it's raw and it's honest. In a world of ongoing turmoil and constant change, take a break for 30 minutes and just come listen to the two lads in a deeply vulnerable conversation that is ongoing. It's kind of like anaesthetizing the trauma in you so that you can practically talk about it in a flowing way that you're not able to do in just, you know, daily life. That was when I felt like I to use your phrase like got it because I went oh wow this is so much more powerful than just getting high or feeling connected or you know it was like boom it shows you the things you can't see within yourself it guides you to who you are underneath all of the the walls that you create as a human when you make mistakes or you feel pain you kind of like build these walls up around those things so you kind of try not to do them again and there was something in this process that was like oh there's an access to a stored bodily feeling of my childhood in order to heal it you have to go into it and so here's one way of doing it Hi, I'm Christian Leggy Langdon. Hi, everybody. My name is Daniel Sharman, and this is the Two Lads Podcast. Today's episode is on journeying. Daniel and I discuss our experience using plant medicine, or more commonly known as psychedelics. Firstly, what is journeying? Well, essentially, it's using plant-based medicine to help discover one's connection to our unconscious selves, something that's not easy to see in everyday life. We believe using this method helps discover our deep-rooted traumas and wounds we've developed through our lives. This is certainly not the only way to achieve it, but we're only discussing this from our own experience. We do not recommend this particular method for everyone. We take addiction and mental health seriously, and we only recommend this method if you are called to it. We'd also like to stress that this is not taking drugs to get high. Using medicine with intention and shamanic supervision defines this practice for us. All right, enough of me. Let's get into it. Okay, so we're going to talk about journeying today. Not a lot of people are going to know what that is. Okay, so... It's quite an LA thing, isn't it? Journeying, i.e. plant medicine, i.e. drugs. Using drugs consciously as tools to access the unconscious. Would yeah. be would be a, uh, one way of looking at it. Mushrooms, sassafras, ayahuasca, acid, two CB type thing. Mind altering psychedelics and heart medicine. They call it medicine in the trade, but essentially it is drugs. It's drugs, whatever you want to call it. It's just the word. It's mind altering drugs. Yeah, which is ultimately you know the spectrum of drug use as I've known it is is you know unconscious use of it and conscious use of it. Sure. That's really what I see now as, I, as I've always had drugs in my life in some way, right? From being kids, just experimenting with drugs to this journey work that we've been involved in. Well, let's talk, let's talk okay. about, I want to know how you came to it. Yeah. It's had a profound effect on our lives. Yeah. And it's actually, we're doing this podcast a few days after a journey, which mm-hmm. has been profound for both of us. Yeah. It's the reason why we're doing this podcast on this. Yep. How did you come to it? Okay, so 
it was through my ex-wife and I think it was part of, it was a continuation of my own work on myself, which started in me getting sober, ironically. <laughs> so I started doing drugs after I got sober. These are not, these are actually used in addiction, yeah, yeah. in addiction treatment. For sure, yeah. I mean, look, I got sober from drugs and alcohol cigarettes all that stuff 11 years ago now and for a good amount of time five years maybe I didn't I didn't do anything you know I was totally sober but I started to do therapy and individual therapy and couples therapy with my ex-wife so we were on a journey so to speak a of self-exploration I think when you when one gets sober okay so when one shuts off the mechanism that, that I was using to alleviate pain, mm -hmm. to numb pain out, unconscious pain, psychological pain. For me, I'd always used drugs to do that unconsciously since I was a kid. So in a weird way, I've been journeying all my life. But for, this, for the first part of my life, it was unconscious and it was just about pain removal, pain shutting down, which in the notion of the relief of pain gives you joy, right? So that's what would happen to me when I would take drugs. It was like self-medication. It would make me almost feel like, oh, this must be what it feels like to be normal, right? When you mm. shut the pain down. Now you can just go into a room with people in it. And do it without anxiety. Yeah. And do it without... Yeah, and have fear. confidence and be almost like loving yourself in this simulated way. <clears throat> but like totally unconscious of it. It'd just be like, you take this thing, you go, hey, I feel amazing, you know? Yeah. You speak like that too. So. I, that's how I saw it when I go on drugs. Hey, love. <laughs> the I'm dancing. <laughs> love, do you want to have a, have a line? <laughs> so my experience with drugs up to getting sober was always one of the moment felt amazing and then the post experience was always horrific and just got worse and worse right the hangover the come down the chemical imbalance of going super high and like boosting all your serotonin and all that stuff to feel amazing then the physics of that is you have to restore it and so you don't have any left and you feel like shit for three days or whatever which gets worse and worse and worse as you get lost into the addiction of it fast forward to my ex-wife went to peru to try ayahuasca the mother of Plant. Some really hardcore yeah. version. The plant, the mother of plant medicine. Purging. The Peruvians have been doing it for centuries. It was almost like their, it was their way of talking to God, and like they would use it to see when to to do the what do they call it? The crops, yeah, right, right. Crop rotation, all that stuff. They would consult through the mother ayahuasca plant. They would see when it was time to do the crops, all that kind of stuff. So they've been doing it for forever, and then us like westerners have kind of tapped into it and discovered it so she went to do it to find out what it was all about and amazingly she went for a week and she's you know pretty like likes her comforts you yeah, know that's quite a brave thing yeah. for her to she have went done. on her own no i know her you yeah know. yeah no like hair dryer and all that went. shit yeah she just went Good for her and she lived she was in the jungle for like she's in the jungle baby for seven days i didn't speak to her or anything she just got i remember taking to the airport and i was like what are you doing? Where are you going? She says, I'm going to Peru. Wow, she just... That, what a brave thing to do. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I mean, I was really against it, fundamentally, at the time, because it was scary for me. Because everything associated with substance, taking substance, was in the bad book at the time. In my bad leggy, you know, polarity that I'd created. I was in the current good-only space. And you needed the control of yeah. knowing that... 
places that you were at were safe because there was control. Yeah, and I didn't want to, anytime I would take something, it would mean I would just go into total chaos, you know. And so I, I'd just gone into the absolute sobriety of my life. And it was working for me on some level. So anyway, so it, it was scary when she started to do that. Because she was never really a druggie or a big drinker or anything. And she just, for some reason, had this desire to go and do it. And she came back and it definitely changed her in some way. And everybody was talking about it. And I just remember being very removed from it. I really just didn't understand what she'd been doing. Anyways, when she got back to LA, she was like, I want to be involved in this more. You know, so it was like a positive experience. It was very rough, I think. She did it every night for five days straight there's a lot of oh yeah pain associated with it but also you know enlightenment but it is it's a rough experience in your body to do it every night is a that's yeah a marathon. i mean the pure ayahuasca ceremony i haven't done like just ayahuasca in the tea and i haven't had a calling for it because from what i but some you know i know people that have and it's life-changing kind of experiences in the it shows you the things you can't see within yourself. You know, it guides you to who you are underneath all of the the walls that you create as a human. You know, and and when when you hurt yourself and in life, when you make mistakes or you feel pain, you kind of like build these walls up around those things. So you kind of try not to do them again. You try not to step into that, and you st- within that you end up building kind of psychological walls around all of your wounds, and that can affect how you connect to people and how you are in relationship etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah so she found a, a, a group here in LA through a friend of ours and that's how we met the people that we do it with here and so she did that again for about another three years without uh, you without me yeah I just and she was meeting all these people she'd literally go on a journey on Friday and then bring them all to the house on Sunday everyone and she's like best friends with all these people and like, these are all the people I met at journey and I'd just be like in the corner being like humbug you know and I couldn't get a concept of what was happening but I didn't, I didn't know you resisted it for yeah. three years yeah yeah I did because I just I was scared of what it was gonna I didn't want to look at any of that at the time because I was in a marriage, I would I just flipped everything from being a total crazy party boy to I am now husband, good man. And I couldn't manage how I was going to integrate that kind of stuff back in again. It didn't make sense to me that I could do it. Because at that time, I was an addict in my mind. I'm an addict. I'm always an addict. I'm not going to be able to just like have a dabble in this, you know. But then slowly, my brother did it and other friends of ours was doing it. And there was a whole community starting. And so eventually, I was like, I think I'm going to do it. I was ready to do it. And so, yeah, so the first time I actually did a journey was with her at, at my house with a group. And it was mental. It was absolutely, <laughs> it was absolutely, well, it was absolutely mental. I <laughs> describe technical it as term. mental. <laughs> but it was, it was like, I remember at the time, I was mental. describing it as the best cup of tea you've ever had in your life. Because at the time, the medicine was very like mellow, like the heart medicine, which is, so basically, in the way we do it, which is not a pure ayahuasca ceremony, we... Am I waffling on here? No, no, it's good because yeah. we're going to use the word journey. Okay. This is what a journey is. Okay. <laughs> Go. Go. <laughs> this is what a journey is. You know more the technical parts of this. I just do it and go along with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, so you tell great. me what's in yeah, it. What, what have we been what doing, what we what doing for the last doing? five years? So the way that we journey through this medicine, through a particular... Uh, the shaman that we work with is Peruvian and he makes the medicine and he distributes it through his training 
curriculum to the facilitators that hold groups in the West, basically. And so this medicine is unique because he makes it and he's kind of synthesized all of these different plants to make different medicines for the kind of the wheel of fortune, <laughs> which is which is basically the wheel of, of the medicine, which is the body, spirit, mind and heart. Okay, that's the four corners of the of the circle. What generally we do is we'll do heart medicine to start, meaning this is a medicine that will allow you to drop into a heart space type feeling which is maybe you would associate it with feeling when you're in love when you're falling in love right you know that would be so a, that was your initial experience when you did it with yeah they gave your, me a heart medicine which at the time was kana and what did you feel in that moment i felt i remember it vividly i was in my other studio and i was lying and i had my hand on my heart which i was told to do and I didn't know what was going to happen. We had a whole thing leading up to it where we we're in a circle and kind of an, a check-in and all this stuff. I was the only new person at the time. I was like, what? Everyone, my wife was there, her sister, everybody was there. And I just was like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I just remember waiting for it to kind of kick in. And I just, it just put me, I just, it made perfect sense to me immediately. Like as soon as I started to kind of feel it come on, I just went into a total acceptance of of me you know like it was almost like I could just put the reins down like I've been holding on so tightly in my sobriety and in my like new life uh, that I'd started and you know it it was I didn't actually I had my eyes closed for like the whole time of dropping in I was lying on my couch in the studio and I was with this other guy that was there who's still in the community and he was like sitting with me as I went in and he had his hand on my heart too. And he was like a totem pole. He was like super solid man. And I and I will never forget doing that with him. And I remember everybody else was desperate to see what I was, because they had all done it. And they were like, what, how's Leggy doing? How's Leggy doing? And I remember I was like live with my hand on my heart. And I like opened my eyes and there's 10 people all looking at me. So now you feel it. Yeah. And it was like my ex and like a sister and all these people that I loved. And I was just like, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And everybody was like, I was like, yeah, lucky. You know, it was so amazing. Because it was, it was a relief. It must have been a huge relief. Oh man, it was. It was just like, it doesn't, it just comes in and it goes, here's who you are without all of your story, without all of your walls, you know, that you've put up to quote unquote protect yourself. And as a result of that protection, it disconnects you from your heart disconnects you from knowing that you have everything that you need within you you lose sight of that you have a you suddenly have a reference point yeah. for what it feels yeah. like yeah you do it's like it basically they say and i believe this that you know when you're born as a baby you know you're you're a hundred percent eros which is like life force eros being the greek word for life and for love and i loved that when you're born into this world you're just 100 percent life force and then slowly over time you start getting knocks and scrapes and you burn your hand on the stove and all those things you start changing yeah and how you, start, you relate to the world exactly mm -hmm. and you start losing connection to that 100 percent life force that you are and it never goes away it's just it's like the wi-fi if you're in the fourth room over with four walls, you don't get as strong a signal. You know? 
<laughs> I got four bars here. Like. Yeah, yeah, hang on a minute. What's going on here? Yeah, but like it's there. Yeah. But you have to remove the walls to get the full signal. I love that. You know? So I'll just talk yeah. about how I got to go it because I want to get, yeah. when we go further through the wheel, I think that talks to some of the incredible, profound things that I've witnessed yeah. other people get to, and certainly you and I have gotten to. So I'll just quickly describe how I got yeah. to that point, which is quite similar. I was actually going through a breakup. Uh, a dear friend of ours is a therapist, and we began talking just as a as a, as friends. And he got me into men's teamwork. And he'd always referenced this thing, journey, and I was like, "What on earth is that? Like, yeah. What the fuck is he talking about?" And this is a person that I I trusted because it was none of the bullshit woo woo yeah. like LA thing that I'd associated with things that were totally esoteric and out of out of reality. Right. So when we began this conversation, he just said, just trust me. And I didn't. <laughs> so I resisted it. First for one's free. Two years. And I'd heard there was part ayahuasca in this journey. And I'd had somebody who I'd worked with who had done ayahuasca. And there was something I didn't trust about him. Yeah. Or there was something I didn't trust about how harsh that process was. Mm -hmm. And I had no interest in it. So when I found out it was part of that, I was just like, there was a total rejection, I think a bit like you, of just like, I don't need that. I'd yeah. also suffered, I'd been through addiction programs and there was a desire that if anyone, you know, and I think a lot of people say this, if you could go dark, I will go the darkest. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. don't put me in there. Were you sober at the time? I was, yeah. I mean, I, was, I wasn't using drugs or alcohol. Yeah. So then... Eventually, I did it. And I remember in, in Venice, Venice Beach, not on Venice Beach, that would be quite an interesting <laughs> first time, but in a house down there. Yeah. And I, I had a really strange experience. Really? First time, yeah. Because I felt what you felt. I felt a sense of heart yeah. opening. I then attached that to somebody in the journey. Okay. And they basically, I didn't have someone there to kind of say, I'm with you. Uh, okay. I, I attached it to a woman. Right. And that woman, like kind of, re it was like a rejection. Mm. And it sent me into a spiral because I'd never felt like I'd had all these emotions. Right accepted yeah and so it fed into that and i had and i spun oh shit yeah but like it, you were going online with your heart and then but you were thinking it was all about this girl it was it was like i was feeling i'd felt it with certain with alcohol or drugs i'd felt that expansion yeah and i had i had usually associate that expansion with a connection with a woman right or a sexual connection yeah 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 and that can get quite confused because you feel all these things and you want to attach it to, well, the next logical step here is sex. Right, right. And that so, can happen actually a lot. Yeah, of course it can. Yeah. Because, and that, People and, are going, what? Yeah, because they're feeling like, whoa, I feel all these great emotions yeah. and you feel so vulnerable. Yeah. And you're um, looking at you going, oh, it must be you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm going to just fast forward it, which is like my real initiation into it took years. I, I kept going. I did maybe. Did you just do heart medicine that first time? Yeah. Yeah. But it was three or four journeys and yeah. I would leave halfway through. Really? Which, if, as you know, in, in journey, what you, you know, you, what the point is, is that the next day you stay in the, in the place. Right. The next day you integrate and you talk about it. But I would leave. So my entrance to it. Would you come back? No. Oh, right. You just leave. I just, I just bounced yeah. because I didn't understand the point of what the lessons were that were going on right and that was my brain 
saying, this isn't worth it. Yeah. There was an intimacy in getting to know this. And it t- and then it took me a few journeys to get into some of the pain that I'd pushed down. And when I say they, you go into the pain, it, it isn't like you're just going through death. Mm-mm. But there's, I felt I had all these memories yeah. of being a kid of, specifically, I remember I had a memory of, I used to walk along a canal to school. And I had a toggle, you know, on a, on a hoodie. And I used to do this wrapping round of my fingers as I walked to school. And I remembered that and I did it. There was a repetitive action and there was something in this process that was like, oh, there's an access to a stored bodily feeling right. of my childhood. Yeah. So that's, that was when I felt like I, to use your phrase, got it. Because mm-hmm. I went, oh, wow, this is so much more powerful than just, getting high or feeling connected Mm -hmm. or, you know, it was like, boom. And that took me a couple of years. Really? Yeah. Whoa. And you were, did you, were you doing like other medicine or are you just doing the heart medicine at that time? The shaman that we both work with, he was like, we're going to keep it pretty light to begin with. (laughs) This, this one's a bit of a, this one's a bit of a rogue case. It's weird, man. What happens when you kind of blow the doors off essentially? Yeah. It's a shame that you didn't have in that moment when it was happening to, to someone to kind of get you reference to what was going on. But, you know, it does take difficulties. I think is also important, you know, to go through it and to kind of learn however you need to learn. I think that one of the cool things about you were just saying then you were kind of feeling these pains or experiencing pain through the medicine. But that's what's cool about, especially the heart medicine, which is... It's kind of like anesthetizing the trauma in you so that you can like practically talk about it in in a flowing way mm. that you're not able to do in just, you know, yeah. daily life. It's kind of what happens at the pub, right? Yeah. Back in the day, that's what's going on there. If you shut down pain, it opens up this whole other place, which is all this emotion that's been stored, which is, you know, fronted with a stoic kind of everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. And even your average lad in Leeds or in wherever in the bar, as soon as they start drinking, all the emotion comes out. And that's either positive or negative emotion. You know, that's why a lot of fighting happens when people get drunk. Because just all this emotion just kicks off. Yeah. So I always describe it, it's kind of like going into surgery for heart, for a heart, say you're having a heart bypass, double heart <laughs> bypass, physical heart, like they have to anesthetize you. They put you under general anesthetic. Because if you went over to someone with a scalpel trying to work yeah. on someone's heart, yeah. they're going to go, get the fuck off me. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, so, absolutely. And I, I think just to speak to that is you're calming down all of these systems of judgment or of resistance. And I said this to you before, but it's kind of calming your, all your parasthetic nervous system to a point where it can go it can see things with so much clarity yeah because the the the, the trauma is the noise around the event you know what i mean the trauma is kind of like the the electric fence around whatever the thing is that was hard for you so that you can't go near it and that's the kind of self-fulfilling prophecy of trauma because in order to kind of heal it you have to go into it and so here's one way of doing it you know we actually met through this work we that's did, how yeah. we met and this was my way of starting this journey of like really going in it's almost like doing a hundred therapy sessions like talk therapy in yeah. one night you get to see and experience 
who you are underneath all of the constructs and walls that you've built around yourself, right? In that night, you get to be free of that and you get to witness yourself how you operate if you're just essentially like a child again, like the way kids just run up to each other and go, hey, my name's Lewis, what's your <laughs> name? You know, they don't give yeah, a shit. Yeah, they they're just, they're just right running around there. doing the airplane. Yeah. You know, they don't care because there's no wounding yet. There's no reason not to run around and just say hi to everybody. Yeah. That's what we would be doing, all of us, adults, if, if we, we hadn't. Could. Yeah, if we could. Yeah. If we get permission to do it, we just, we all want to just connect, but we don't do it because we're so blocked. Yeah. You it's, know? It's funny because I was talking to someone about this yesterday and they said, oh, I would want to do it alone. And I understand that. I also understand the idea of there's so much darkness in me that I don't want to go there and I don't want to. The, the association is that it will reveal this thing. Yeah. And it does. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't do it in a way that is about you not being able to feel or receive it. Yeah. They said that we want to do it alone. And I think partly what I have seen is doing it with people is about showing you, having someone either reflect what that feeling is of being a kid and being able to go, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm Lewis. And to, to actually practice it. And yeah. you, the, in that conversation, you both go deeper and both Leggy and I facilitate journey. So we don't take medicine. So we get to see a lot of mm -hmm. people do this work. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of patterns over the five years that I've watched people go in. There's a lot of patterns around seeing your own patterns yeah. and then having a ref, like a, a reference point. And it's not work in itself. It's just, you see much clearer. Well, I think also... Play is work as well. That's another thing I've learned through this work <laughs> um, is that we as adults, you know, we're all going mental all the time. We're just trying to achieve, achieve, achieve. We're trying to get to this like never ending place of like success, whatever that means. And I think that we forget how important play is, you know, and that's what kids do is, again. Kids have got it dialed. Because they, they're just in their flow. There's no judgment. You know, we judge as adults because we've got an idea of how something is supposed to be. And then when you're seeing it not done that way, you're in a full like paradox glitch because you're going, hang on a minute, you're doing it a totally different way than me. And like, I thought this was the way to do it. And so does that invalidate my way or your way? Someone's got to be wrong here. <laughs> Can't both be right. And you, we try to put everything in boxes all the time, adults. You know, this works really about like just blowing all that up, you know, and the more you do it, the more you kind of understand it. I think also it's why people reject it as well when people do it and it's almost too much. You know, I've seen that. I've had experiences with that, with partners that I've brought in after I got, divorced and stuff which is partly why i got divorced also i mean this is there's so much to talk about here i know it's, it's kind of ridiculous it is it has profoundly changed both of our yeah. lives and and we've introduced partners to it yeah and those partners have had their own relationships with it yeah. and begun their own journeys with it yeah all of it i can honestly say has been profound and beneficial Thank you for listening to this episode of the Two Lads podcast. This conversation is ongoing and it involves all of us together, so we'd love to hear from you. 
Let us know if there's a subject that you'd like us to talk about and let us know what you think about the conversation so far. The Two Lads podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. So please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the latest episode. And give us a five-star review. Tell your friends about us. All of that stuff really helps us a lot. We really appreciate it. Sending you all love. Until the next time. Yes, lad. Yes, lad.